wasn't a finishing move back then. I mean, Crossroads, Crossroads was more of a counter move. Aren't most finishing moves like passed out now? Like I know, like all the snow and. I mean, yeah. I mean, I you got scoop, like, you know, you got the, you know, the uh, crossbody was superfly, snookum. You know what I'm saying? Like so, that was passed down. The frog splash was passed down through the luchadorans, and you know what I'm saying. So yeah, they they generational, mm-hmm. but now they're going to where they're putting finishing moves in the middle of matches just as counter moves. They're not necessarily finishers anymore. You see what I'm okay, saying? But before you continue yeah. this conversation, before you, I have to interrupt. Okay. They don't like me. I'ma live my life anywhere. I ain't fucking with her. She ain't watching anime. You know the finest women in the world. You know they cosplay. Pocket full of money. Yeah, yeah. Man, I came to play. Yeah, yeah. Drop top. Yeah, yeah. Drop top. Yeah, yeah. All summer. Yeah, yeah. I won't stop. Yeah, yeah. Be going crazy. I'm sorry. I had to interrupt y'all because the conversation was getting good. <laughs> that was smooth. Um, but welcome back to Nerd on the Streets. Um, today we're going to be talking about wrestling. Um, and more specifically, wrestling of the past. Uh, we do have WrestleMania coming up in a couple of months. So I wanted to get some of my wrestling people on to have a couple of conversations. And now it's going to be fun. Um, before we get into that, of course, we have our first guest. This is him. And then we have, you guys can find us at Nerd on the Street on Facebook. Join the Facebook group, Nerd on the Street for Life on Instagram, podcasts on audio, wherever. Then we have Captain Diesel coming through from Captain Diesel's dojo. Aloha. (laughs) Hello, everyone. And you can also find him on the Then and Now podcast, of course. Then we have Tappin' No Cappin'. If you're a nerd and you've seen it, then what's your opinion? One Piece Alliance for Jew, because I know he couldn't be here. And then, of course, you can always stop by the comic doctor's doctor's office to get your proper diagnosis and prognosis in all things comics and comic book characters. Okay. Now a couple of other introduces. So if y'all want to go in order of how y'all are on the screen, I can't actually tell how y'all are on the screen. So When you say how, like, is it to the person next to you or person below you? I guess the person that I don't know how you guys look on the screen to y'all. Like I know how you look on the screen to me. You oh. and then me, and then we'll go down. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. well everybody, everybody knows their everyday favorite, everyday blurt, Jason Ray, and blah, 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 blah. blah. Kaori is fake best friend, you know. That's the next person. That's <laughs> <laughs> the next person. We're not doing this today. All right. So, um, about twenty pounds ago, and maybe six months ago, I had a podcast called "On um, the Pin Down." Um, the guy on the bottom of the person who talked was Mr. Charles aka Captain Diesel Dojo. Um, he convinced me to do it, but my name is um Des. Um, did it for a long time. Had it kind of just fell out of it. Slowly think about it, but um, when Captain I'm the, I'm the, I'm sorry, saying Charlie. I can't remember. <laughs> I call him Charlie no. throughout the show anyway. I, I, I've known this nigga for <laughs> I can't remember Captain. I'm not saying Captain D. Those those. I can't. 
the thinking knows I have a hard time pronouncing my THs and my J's, so I'm not even going to embarrass myself on here. But um, when he told me that you were doing a wrestling episode, he was like, hey, like, I want you to hop on. And at first I was like, what are we talking about? Because, like, I'm not too big in anime loot. Then when he said wrestling, it was pretty much already already still. So I'll leave that as mine. I'll let the rest of the episode speak for me. All right. And then I think uh, it would be me? Jay. Is it Jay or Chris? Yeah. It would be Jay at the bottom. <clears throat> okay, y'all give me a second because I'm actually the one that's uh, driving at the moment. Don't text and drive or video chat and drive. Um, so I just pulled over so I can get this thing right. Uh, my name is Jay. Uh, more exclusively, Jay Um I'm just the old head in the room that know more about wrestling than anybody else here. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to say to that one. I ain't got nothing to say to that one. See that? I am casual, sir. <laughs> it was, hey, you see the three things that ain't cracked the smile yet? <laughs> oh man. This is oh, gonna man. be a great episode. Charlie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm Captain Diesel. Uh, it's, it's your boy. I, when it comes to wrestling, I was a, a big fan early on. I've been loosely following my friend in the top right, has kept me in the loop for pretty much as long as I've known him. Um, so I've been like teetering in and out, and I've seen some cool things here and there, but as of Friday, I'm, I'm I'm back in. I think I watched my first Monday Night Raw fully all the way through since like 2014. So I'm I'm, I'm back in the loop, and it's a lot of it's a lot more blackness. And the women division has got like the women are like athletes. Yeah, the athletes. women they cold like they cold cold. I was like I seen them. I forgot who it was. I was watching the match. I seen them doing like moon faults and shit. I was like, oh god, okay, I'm back. I'm here for this. Oh, it's I'm different. For this. It's way different now. Oh yeah, you didn't see the girls. They got Hell in a Cell matches now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they Bro, going hard. This shit crazy. I'm here for this. So yeah, that's me. I'm the I'm the casual here here to speak about the past. That's what I can speak on as far as my experience with the early to mid 2000s WWE and some of the late 90s stuff. But that's that's around the time I was watching really heavy. Uh, can y'all can y'all hear me good? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 All right. Uh, I'm Chris. Uh, Chris Flash. For those of you that know me, um, Zoom. Professionally, um, photographer. As far as this goes, I am a huge anime nerd. Saiyan clan, Vegeta clan. I like to see my tattoo. That's the Prince. Um, and I've been watching. I'm 32. I've been watching wrestling pretty much all of my life. I never really went off of it. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to sit on here and just talk about wrestling with, you know, some black people. Let's get it. That yes, belt's looking real nice. Huh? Mm-hmm. That belt's looking real nice. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that, but I was on that line. I signed it up before I got on here. I'm like, oh, we talking. We talking, talking. You know, I'm going to make sure I look the part. You know what I'm saying? This shit is not cheap either. You see how it's Well, we're not going to talk about how much it costs. That's my best friend, though. <laughs> For anybody who ever had a fucking doubted question, that's my best friend down here. I feel like I feel like you finna start something that wasn't supposed to be started. Because people keep playing with me. That is my best friend down there. Now, hell. Anyway. Hell. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Every oh. time. It's talking, it's talking to Charlie too much. All right. So I wanted to go ahead and start with, um, what did I want to start with? Oh, the your top three wrestlers. And so because this is going to turn into the conversation that I know that it is, I'm just going to go ahead and list mine. And then the rest of this is going to be y'all. So my number one favorite has always been and will always be the exact same. The Undertaker. And then my number two... And then my number three has always been my girl, Kelly Kelly. Kelly Kelly? You seem like a Kelly Kelly type hero. I'm not saying and is. Leave me alone. (laughs) Anyway, so the rest of this is up to you guys. And we're going to start with Charlie's since he's like casual in here. His number one. His number one. Three. That was, I'm a I'm a huge high flyer Lucha Libre and he just got all the swag. Ain't too many wrestlers in the WWE history. I feel like I got more swag than him. Let's put that out there. I thought our list had to be wrestlers that wasn't wrestling no more. That we went on the past. Yeah, you it, said I said past. And I was like retired or dead. Like what we talking about? I said retired, but Charlie usually slips under the radar with things because he's the youngest. He's retired once already, though. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I know that nigga feel. I know that nigga feel reckless. Ray Mysterio left WWE. Don't mean he retired, brother. There's more. Yeah, he did. Just because he's in the Hall of Fame. He, 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 no, no, no. He actually did retire. He retired. They had a farewell uh, match and ceremony and everything. He was only brought back to stem up. The Dominic Mysterio story when um, him and somebody was beefing. I can't remember who he was beefing with. I want to say it was Seth Rollins when they kept saying that Dominic wasn't raised, that he was actually Chris Benoit's or whatever. So Ray Ray was brought back because of that beef. So he was actually was retired. I'll take the validation. I appreciate it. You think it's about to tear me apart. I was like, I can't defend myself either. I'm going to go I'm in the ocean without a floating. I cannot swim. Uh, this next one really about to be fucked up thing because I did not know it was retired. Well, we'll get into yeah, the next one. You know, at, at this point, I got to change my list. <laughs> I kind of wonder who is the second person. I want to say... I can say it if you want me to say it. No, not your number, not your number two, oh. but the next person's number two. Also, I mean, number one. I think it's because Jay's in the car. Gotcha. Yeah, blame me for it. I already did. You're welcome. Thank you. Oh, it was Chris. Okay, I'm sorry. Wait, you don't know who my number one is? No, I was looking because I have everybody, so I have it where it's listed in the thing as your wrestler, your top three wrestlers, your top three matches, your top three finishes, and then I go to the next person. So I was just trying to see who I put next because I forgot. Okay. 
Wait, are, we, are we doing like number one, number one, number one, or like yes. oh, okay. okay, okay, okay. Sorry. So am I next? Yes, you are. Okay. Um, um, and I'm about to bring yours up right now. Well, at least the way you listed it to me. No, it's, it's still the same. Oh, I'm mad at Kurt. Um, so we don't like explanation. Uh, for yeah. me, um, number one, his his background. I know a lot of people, a lot of uh, superstars have had uh, collegiate backgrounds, professional backgrounds, Olympic backgrounds. Um, but the way um, the way Kurt came in and he took to it so fast. He had a personality. He had a character. Um, and at first, he was kind of looked at as like being a douchebag, and everybody like. WWE kind of wanted him to be like this top guy. The the crowd didn't really feed into him at first, but he kind of took that and like adapted to that and became this like his own character. So how he evolved from that space, and then he went on into to become the wrestling machine, the wrestling machine version of Kurt. Um, uh, when he came out with the with the hoodie on, his music changed, and he had like this 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 real attitude to him. I'm like, yo. Aside from people like maybe Benoit and Brock Lesnar, I'm like, if you in a ring with this dude, he gonna leave with a limb. Like this dude is really here to kill you. So, yeah, I didn't like when it comes to just straight up wrestling um, and also having a character. Curse the guy for me. Did anybody else have anything to say? No, you, as far as I, I mean, yeah, I'm saying, I mean, you get everything on the day. I think one of my um, this didn't make the list, but when you're asking me favorite past matches, it was going to be um, Kurt Angle versus Randy versus um, Rey Mysterio, Charlie's guy, at um, WrestleMania. Oh, WrestleMania. I think that was my um, my, I think that was my first WrestleMania match, like I watched completely, and I remember um, from that moment on, I was like, um, you know, like Ray's good. I like this Randy guy. I was like, but this Kurt Angle guy is like. Um, a freaking nature, especially when he um suplexed Randy and Ray at the same time. That was probably one of my favorite um spots. But no, he's he's right. Like um, it's kind of crazy how um Kurt Angle um debuted it, and then literally like a year after, it's either a year or like a, a little bit more after a year, he won the um the championship just because he was good at just getting people to hate him. But at the same time, he was probably one of the I'm I want to say the best person in that ring because I love The Rock, I love Stone Cold, but. Stone Cold wasn't really that best of a wrestler. Um, after he broke his neck, he just adopted a brawling. Ah, he adopted a brawling style, and then The Rock. I like The Rock. I think he's good, but I don't think The Rock is top ten best wrestlers out there. But no, definitely Kurt Angle definitely does deserve to be in the top one. I don't think he's mine, but definitely. Personally, for me, I thought I think it was basic for a minute. I ain't gonna hold you. When I was a kid, I liked the Flash. I liked the different personalities of wrestling. And Kurt seemed cool, but he didn't like, at least for me at the time, didn't have the aesthetic that I was looking for as far as coolness factor. It wasn't until I actually started wrestling in high school and started to see how difficult the sport actually was. And of course, finding out from my friend here that he was like, like that in college. And uh, he showed me like some videos of him actually wrestling. I was like, oh, he he liked that for real. That He is not to be fucked with. He was like with a broken freaking neck, bro. Come on. Yeah, bro. Oh, if you. If anybody's ever done the sport or attempted the sport, that is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life. So I got the respect. Kurt will be an honorable mention for me. 
simply because I can't hate on the fact that the man won the Olympics with a broken damn neck. Um, but crossing over into the WWE, um, I don't feel like they did him justice. Not necessarily him doing the business any justice. I don't believe that WWE did him justice coming in because they didn't really give him a lane or a character type. He just kind of showed up as the Olympic gold medalist. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all you got. Like, this guy won the Olympics. Throw him in the ring. So he had to adapt himself to what the WWE was had going on. And then he partnered up with Triple H and some other people. You know what I'm saying? They kind of developed a character type. Once, once he got his character type going and he you know what I'm saying? Went all the way through up until now. You know what I'm saying? You hear his entrance music. You know, you're going to get the You Suck behind it. You know what I'm saying? He adapted to that, and he uses that as momentum. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't say Kurt was nowhere near my top five, but he's definitely an honorable mention. And um, this has him uh, listed as number one, but specifically late WWE, early TNA. Yeah, so... Um, oh, yeah, late TNA. Was speak crazy. of him saying, um, what you call it? Um, I forget, I'm terrible with names. I'm Jay. So Jay was talking about how he doesn't think they did on justice. So I can definitely... um, I can see that point being in the beginning where they pretty much just had him coming in as um, Olympic gold medalist. But I kind of feel like um, with there being no one in WWE who was an Olympic gold medalist, there were plenty of Olympic Olympians in there. But none of them had a gold medal. So I think they to be only has one other person who's in there with a gold medal um in amateur wrestling. But um wrestling machine, like Chris Fly was talking about, that's probably my second favorite Kurt Angle. And arguably, depending on what day of the week, is probably my first version of Kurt Angle. But definitely when he went to TNA, I felt like um that was a wrestling machine continued because he was putting on excellent matches with Samoa Joe. That's who he debuted with. He was going against AJ Styles, one of my favorite guys. He's also a Georgia boy, just like me. But then you also had him going against Christopher Daniels. You had him going against um, his name's Desmond Wild, but I forget his um actual name. But Ring of Honor, he was doing good matches with him. And then you also had him crossovering into um New Japan Pro Wrestling, and pretty much like for like the good first four or five years in TNA, just firing on all cylinders. And I remember um. Being a wrestling fan, I love Kurt Angle. And then when I got older and I, I started like doing deep dives into like wrestlers I like wrestling career, that TNA one just really stuck with me really well too. But definitely um I honestly feel like Kurt Angle is top three, more so just because um I think he's arguably one of the best who ever do it in the ring when it comes to this intensity. Um him just having great um cardio. It's because we can all kind of imagine like it's already like hard to run if you're like a normal person who doesn't work out much. But imagine having to run, jump on the top rope and suplex somebody like, you know, like and then get up, get up and then do a moonsault and get up again and hit an angle slam. And then on top of that, hit a ankle lock, then hit an outside dive like me. um, I'm not going to say like, me coming from a somewhat athletic background. That's just like crazy. And I'm just doing that five days a week and just being in tip-top shape. So definitely, I think Kurt Angle is top tier to ever do just based on that. But also just because of how well he adapted into the pro wrestling world for someone who did not have really an ounce of knowledge before entering the pro wrestling world. He kind of just 
soaked up what was around him, working with Triple H, working with The Rock, working with Vince. I was like, okay, like, I think I can get this. So definitely for that reason. Hey, pause. So to what you just said, you know, the high flying, running up on the top rope, suplexing, outside dives. And, have you ever heard of this dude named Ricochet? Yeah, but here's yeah. But here's oh, okay. There's no sense. So here's the thing. So we're talking. So Ricochet is good. I'm not discrediting Ricochet. Love Ricochet. Love his work in Lucha Underground. Dude was great. However, we're talking mic skills. Ricochet hasn't really done much with mic skills. So we're talking when it comes to wrestling ability. Ricochet has great matches with Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay is awesome. But at the same time, people talk about that match. That match happened like six, seven years ago. Talking Kurt Angle. If you say, hey, man, favorite Kurt Angle match, people go, ooh, ah. People do that. You talk about favorite ricochet match. People go, ah, well, I wasn't. I wasn't saying as far as matches are concerned because we all know the ricochet gets played. He gets paid to lose. Like that's just that's just what he does. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll never, unless a stroke of genius happens and they write up a a great tag team or singles match storyline for ricochet. He gets paid to lose. He is definitely just. Uh, high-flying loser. You know what I'm saying? That's just what it is. But just on sure cardio and ability to high-fly jumps and all this, that, and other, yeah. You, I mean, I, I mean, over Kurt Angle, I'm being honest. Ladies and gentlemen, the super heavyweights are at it. Yeah, Kurt is, Kurt is just, Kurt, if you, if I was to put, if I would never put Kurt Angle and Ricochet in the ring together because Kurt is going to, I mean, the ankle lock is coming, probably within the first two or three minutes of the match. Like, that's not a match. That's like putting Mike Tyson in with Floyd Mayweather. You're not going to get a match. I wouldn't say that because Kurt Angle went on with AJ Styles, and back then, AJ Styles was, I don't want to say he was considered a ricochet, but, like, AJ Styles was a high flyer. He was putting on the clinics with um, a lot of other guys. Yeah, and I think Kurt, would kill. Kurt, would, Kurt would kill ricochet, though. That's just, that's just how that goes. You're not getting... I'm not saying you would only do a minute or two match. I don't think Kurt would just do a minute or two match. Like we're talking about Kurt to where he's like the ultimate wrestler in the sense of he's going against a high flyer guy. Like, okay, he's got some high flying stuff in his, you know, um, move set. Like he has a moonsault. He did a dive a couple of times. And it's like, oh, he's going against a big guy. Like, like Taker. Oh, like Kurt actually even went, he even went through a table twice. Yeah, exactly. So like, so yeah, I give you that. I, I just, you know, and again, like, no distress, like, you know, I love Ricochet, but I just feel like if we're talking, like, create a wrestler, like, if you were to go on WWE, SmackDown versus Raw, 09, 08, 07, I feel like you would want a wrestler kind of like Kurt Angle, where you got some power moves in there, but at the same time, you also got some pretty moves in there, like, you got a moonsault, you got a dive over top rope, you got a suicide dive, like, you got stuff like that, then if you wanted to be a wrestler, you would kind of want to be somebody like Kurt Angle, but at the same time, like talk at least just as well as he does. I don't think Kurt Angle's top five when it comes to cutting a promo or um, grabbing a microphone, but I think he's just as good to where he's entertaining. Like he might not be the best talker, but he's entertaining with everything he did back then. And there's plenty of stuff that like, you know, can showcase that. Chris, did you have something okay. to say? I was just, I was just confused. I was trying to figure out where we were going with like the whole ricochet thing. So I was just listening. Oh, I, that was only brought up for reference of him saying that uh, with Kurt Angle being 
you know, top tier because of cardio and, you know what I'm saying, high-flying moves. And if I misunderstood the statement, then that's on me because, you know what I'm saying, it's like you got plenty of high-flyers, you know what I'm saying, like, that's doing way more than Kurt has ever done when it comes to jumping off ropes and jumping over ropes and all that kind of stuff. Like, But I see where you went with it. I see where you went with it when you're saying that just overall as a wrestler, Oh yeah, I was just um. I think I should disclaim her, but like um, I would never say Kurt was like a great high flyer. Like sounds like when it comes to high flying, Ricochet or Kurt, I would never say Kurt. But like I think those are talking like um a technician, like just having a little bit of everything. I feel like Kurt Angle is probably arguably number one, if not at least number one, top three. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Come outside now. Okay. So scary. So, okay. So, scary. so <laughs> uh, Maurice is number one. Fair. Fair. I'm not your boy toy. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> Listen, when you talk about Shawn Michaels, there isn't probably what maybe you can't talk about wrestling when I talk about Shawn Michaels. You talk about the best matches is him. Best faction is him. Best story is him. He just and one thing I love about Sean Michael was he didn't necessarily have to be the champion. Like he was only a three-time champion, so he didn't necessarily have to have the belt to have that level of status to just be what he is right now. So Sean Michaels is my all-time number one, never gonna change ever, 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 ever. Do y'all know how he got his super kick to be so fucking loud? That's where I don't think I've ever heard anyone else do a, a, a super kick and just like, was, like, hear that shit through the TV like him. Like yeah, when he's I was like, oh, that hurt. <laughs> he's my just like hard as hell every time. Yeah, um, I, I wanna I wanna add on to the Shawn Michaels uh, praise because he is definitely honorable mention for me. Um, and I'm gonna talk more about when he came back after the back injury. Uh, something that I liked about Sean, obviously his in-ring ability is crazy, uh, but this dude's expressions and selling was just Man. top tier. Like, it, like there was nobody that could sell danger better than Sean. Have you crying to the whole match? I'm saying, and like there was uh, specifically. Um, Hell in the Cell match DX versus Legacy when uh, when Triple H got locked out of the uh, out of the cell and it was just him and Legacy getting that toe up. Okay, first of all, first of all is Shawn Michaels, right? So if you just look at his like legend alone, you're like oh he he ain't gonna never be no underdog, but you he sold to make you feel like he was the underdog fighting up against a, a then Cody Rhodes. And uh, and Ted DiBiase Jr. and for him to sell that back injury, and this is all, this is obviously going to be some some um, some praise to Cody and Ted to lock on to that in, uh, to that injury and tell that story. But for him to sell that the facial expressions of just sheer pain and sell it through the camera, knowing where the camera is at all times, and, and I, like Maurice said, I'm I'm about to shed a tear watching that match. I'm like, bro, somebody please come help him or call the match. Triple H, bring your hand. 
Bro, because there's no way this is there's no way this is this is kayfabe. This, this is not kayfabe. Like he done re-injured his back and y'all just like he's about to be out. So when Triple H comes back out and he finally gets into the cage and everything unfolds as it does, I'm like, wow, what a story. And it was perfectly told because it was Sean. No one, Hunter couldn't have done that. You could have isolated Hunter and he could have done the whole, they could have attacked his quads or whatever 95,000 uh, injuries he didn't have. And they wouldn't have done the exact same thing. But the best person to sell in that match was Sean, even at that age, because Sean was what? He was. He was, he was, um, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was um, mid 40s, mid 40s, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, to to go in there against those young guys and put on that type of match and have that trust in them and and everything unfold as it did. That I feel like at that moment, aside from the boyhood dream, which I was too young to like really understand at the time, but watching that match, um, that match after the elimination chamber when he first came back and won the title, I was like, yeah, this dude is on a different level, like. <laughs> Yeah, for real. So yeah, Sean is definitely. I can I can one hundred percent understand how he's number one. No, and even um more praises with Sean. I was just, I was just going to talk about how charismatic Sean Michaels like is. Cause I kind of feel like um, damn yeah, I might have to double back. Sean Michaels might be number one because um. You too flip floppy for me. You too flip floppy. But pause because because wait pause because I'm a hater. I just want you to see. Oh wow! Okay, I knew that's what you. I'm just saying, like just because you 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 was going to. I had to hurry up and get home. Just so I can. Oh, oh, that was crazy. Speed up, girl. <laughs> All right. Just so you can Jeff, get, get one of the worst belt designs ever. Just so you can get one of the worst belt designs. His favorite color is red. His favorite color is red. And I I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Am I a flip-flop person when it comes to um, wrestling, fair wrestling? Yeah, of course. It's not football. It's not just pick one team that's your team. It's kind of like watching an ongoing television show. Sometimes you really go and fuck with this character, and then sometimes new characters are going to come along where you're like, you know what? That's my OG favorite character, but I really like this character. So I don't think you should just have one person and this lockdown can never be changed. On one day, I'll say AJ Styles. One day, I'll say Kurt Angle. One day, they'll be Randy Orton. And some days, they'll be John Cena. Like, this is it's mm. art. You know, it's not meant Wait. to be really stationary. You're not just supposed to be fixed on one person, one person alone. If you want to really enjoy watching it, you kind of got to be open to more than just this style of wrestling or this style of talking or the way this person does this, the way this person does that. Mm. It's, it's going to be some, if you ever say John Cena is your favorite, it's going to be some heat in here, bro. I know. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move Charlie up here next to me because we're just watching this show at this point. <laughs> you should definitely be. You should be a, in an advertisement or sales because you sell that like you actually believe it. Like, no, don't get me wrong. No, I mean from different eras, you're gonna have different number ones. But just in this one show, you switched your number one twice. Now, now, I'm not saying that you can't have more than one number one because you're going to see I don't have a list at all. 
you know, and that's not to be that's not to be assholeish or you know what I'm saying the difficult one. It's just that I solely believe the fact that you know what I'm saying, like you gotta realize I came up with Junk Your Dog, Jake the Snake, you know what I'm saying, the bushwhackers, you know what I'm saying, like so I I've gone through almost every era of wrestling. So to say that I have a favorite, I can't because you I I can have a favorite from different eras. You know what I'm saying? But I can't necessarily pinpoint a single number one match, a single number one person, a single number one anything because I've said I've went through almost all the eras of it. Sounds like y'all said the same thing. That's yeah. kind of what I was about to say. <laughs> Wait, well, you said yeah, I, I don't have a number one. Well, look, that's why I can put it. Look, that's why I can put it. All right, most people who are big hardcore wrestling fans is because they have one emotional memory that can attach to it. So, like for instance, you guys are just like, oh man, like if you say John Cena is your number one man, we gonna have a problem. Let me break it down to you. Back in 2013, I was a big kid, had plenty of problems mental health wise. Anxiety, terrible. Always thought I wasn't shit, thought I wouldn't amount to shit. Look on the TV, you got John Cena coming out. Of course, uh, you old heads, you guys are booing John Cena, don't like John Cena. See, someone who's around that time and John Cena's cuts a promo about never giving up, about always being positive, saying in the moment that it's okay to take an eight count, but still get back up and do it. That speaks to someone like me. And at the end of the day, I take that with me, even being a 24 year old man. There's sometimes where I really want to give up. I feel like I'm not going to amount to shit. But I can remember that. So sometimes when you say John Cena, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to say John Cena because he helped me in that really dark moment. But then on some days when I'm just really more so thinking about entertainment, I'm like, oh, Shawn Michaels, man, because Shawn Michaels is charismatic as fuck. And on some days where I'm just thinking about wrestling and wrestling style, oh, man, Kurt Angle, man, because Kurt Angle could go in the ring. So that's what I mean when it's more so flip-floppy. It happens because like I just can't make up my mind sometimes. But I always have different things I attach to each wrestler that makes me, you know, flip flop throughout the day. I'm gonna let you. That's fair. I like the way you said that. Oh, I was scared. I was scared. I like the way he said that. I can't. I'm not gonna argue. That's fair. That's fair. Right. Um, and even like um, with him, like he was talking about um, Shawn Michaels because he said he wasn't. Um, you said um, when you watched the Legacy match, right, Chris? You said that um, that's when you were like. Oh, like Shawn Michaels is him because you're just like Shawn Michaels is like a dream time WWE champion, well WWF slash you know WWF champion, and also former world heavyweight champion. And you're just like, but he has us thinking like he can't take on these two guys. Like you know, like we know he's Shawn Michaels, the heart stopper, Mister Main Event, Mister Royal Rumble. But like, damn, like he's got us feeling like he's just some normal dude who's just about to get beat up. And then um even um. Which called um Jason. He was talking about with the storytelling aspect, where he's just like, man, like I always just liked him because he could always just put in like a good story in there. And like with story, I'm sure like um you would have probably gotten around to um Undertaker one, Undertaker two when he was going against him. And then like one thing for me is like when it was um Triple H versus Undertaker Hell in a Cell because you had Shawn Michaels being the special guest referee, and y'all know damn well like special guest referees usually don't be doing shit like or like if they do too much shit. It ruins the match. If they don't do as much shit, then it's like, okay, what was the reason for them being here? But you have Shawn Michaels helping out his buddy where he super kicked Undertaker. Triple H got him in the pedigree. One, two, Undertaker kicks out. You have Triple H who's too tired to react. You see Shawn Michaels. You see Shawn Michaels 
getting scared, backing up into the corner, covering his face, shaking his head because he's getting PTSD flashbacks of when the Undertaker was too strong for him. And you have Triple H over there trying to calm him down. That's good storytelling. That lets you know how much of a dread Undertaker is. You cannot be a wrestling fan, but you could watch that match and go, damn, like Undertaker's like the big dog. Like he's like the guy that like everybody's afraid of. But that's like an example of just different things to make you like somebody. Yeah, that's tough. Okay. So we're going to go on to the number twos now. Everybody good? We good? I don't even remember my number two. Good morning. They're warning. Keep in mind, my number two. I was not aware this is the past wrestler thing. So next, do not take my head My number two is like Braun Breaker or some shit. I swear to God. No, 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 no. It's Kofi. Kofi. Okay. I say Kofi for the fact when he came out. One, I didn't see too many. At least during my time, I didn't see too many like black wrestlers that I. I, I was attached to all the black wrestlers. So like him, Booker T, anybody that was black. Obviously, I'm like attached to. But when he came out. I did, and I'm already a high flyer fan too. So he just had this weird, like, hybrid swag of he could high fly, but he was also really agile at the same time. It's like the boom drop. I'm at home, boom dropping the fuck out my little brother. I tried to, I tried to chuckle yeah. in paradise, but I was, I was fucking <laughs> at my granddaddy house. So I got, I got my ass a couple times. Kofi was just cool as fuck to me. The Jamaican accent. Maybe not so much, <laughs> which I'm glad he. I started watching. I uh, I got like a couple clips like the last couple years. I'm like, oh damn, you don't have the accent no more. That's crazy. Um, I still kind of miss the inch. That's my big thing. Is I'm really uh, nostalgic. So like, the era or time I fall in love with you as a wrestler, when you develop further into like a different kind of persona, I kind of get nostalgic for that old one. Like I'm like that with the Usos too. I still miss the, like the Samoan Usos with the face paint and shit. I thought that was cool as fuck. Um, I was Kofi, ask you, like, what was your favorite version of Kofi? Like, yeah, it, it, was, or... it was the Jamaican stuff. It was, it was that. Just one, I just felt like his uh, just the, the wrestling gear was like the smoothest. Because I was never a huge fan of the tidy whitey stuff, but that smooth blend he had with the tidy whiteys, and then he had his fucking like leg sleeves too on top of that. I thought that was kind of cool. It, Kofi, Kofi was like that for me. I still fuck with Kofi heavy. That's why he was the WWE champion that one time. I was like, oh yeah, I was right. I, I came back to WWE all for like all of like two weeks to like catch up on that shit. And then I kind of took that again. Mm-hmm. Go for me. Yeah, uh, I agree with you on that. Kofi, um, I met, actually met Kofi, funny story. Um, I met him during like the whole Jamaican me crazy uh, character run, mm-hmm. and um, I went to what was it? Uh, went to Raw in Knoxville, I want to say. So me and my buddy, we went to go grab something to eat after the show, and it just so happened a handful of the of the uh, the wrestlers were there. So Punk was there, Beth was there, uh, Kofi was there. I want to say Natalia. It was some other uh, some other woman. I can't remember. But anyway, so we go in, and at this point, Kofi is like. Yeah, like, that's my guy. So I'm like, I gotta say something to him. So I say something to him, and he's mad cool. And I'm like, yo, can we get a picture? He's like, yeah, of course. So I went out and I, I grabbed my uh, the shirt that I just got from the show. It was the Boom shirt. And I'm mm-hmm. like, bro, we gotta we gotta take a picture with this. He's like, oh yeah, man, we gotta do that. So him being so cool, uh, that was like a, a one of those things that like locked me in with him. Um, and then. That run that he had, uh, that whole story that he had back in the day with Randy, 
uh, when he was about to uh, take the championship. Well, some people say he was, some people say he wasn't. I think he was being cultivated for a push to go ahead and take the belt off of Randy. And um, that I was like, okay, he's starting to get some character. But the thing about Kofi that um, I think he needed back then that they were starting to give him was an edge. Mm-hmm. And once he started to get that edge, that's when a lot of people was like, yeah, like that boom drop on Randy through the table. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. And he, he he busted up his NASCAR car backstage. I'm like, yeah, now we're going to get somewhere. So I'm like you, when they started going to the whole New Day thing, I'm like, y'all are really trash. Like, what did he do wrong? Like, why are y'all putting unicorn horns on this dude? Bro. I mean, it took me a long time to get into New Day. Um, I finally did, but I was like, Yo, y'all are killing, y'all killing Biggie because he's too big for all this shit. Y'all <laughs> killing Kofi. And Xavier never really got the run that he needed, like I, like like how he was pushed in uh, in TNA. So I'm like, no. The but- new day shit killed me because Big E. I saw him when he first came in. He was like fucking with Cena, and he was this big, intimidating, like massive mm-hmm. dude. And then I cut back in, and I see the new day. I'm like, this nigga throwing pancakes. It was a risk, <laughs> man. Like that was, and the, and the crazy the craziest thing is when I found out it was their idea. I'm like, oh man. Oh wow, y'all really took a risk on this. Okay, well let's see how this goes. And, and I, I kind of like, honestly, if it wasn't for they they um, they robbing with the Usos, I, I'm not sure if New Day would have got at least for me in my eyes would have got the that next level uh, that I was hoping for because it showed like yeah like we silly and we funny and we fun and yada yada but we can go in the ring like when that mm-hmm. bell rings like it's for real and it made you remember that like oh yeah we got a dude that was about to be WWE champion. We got a former Intercontinental champion. We got NXT champion. We got, you know what I mean? We got this pedigree here. We just need an opportunity. And like, that's like, I'm like, okay, now we're moving with stuff. And in hindsight, Kofi got everything that he that he deserved in WWE, in my opinion. So, yeah. The last thing I'll say about the New Day, the thing that I did appreciate with them was the fact that they embraced their nerddom so much. Like with the, mm-hmm. the Power Rangers, the Power Rangers, one, yeah, the Dragon Ball one. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm they're going crazy. Like I used, I used to really like them just because I wanted to see what they were gonna come out with. And when mm-hmm. they came out with the White Ranger and the Green Ranger, I said, oh, these oh yeah, Xavier Kobe. and Kobe, that was fine. Right. It was green. I said these niggas is cold. <laughs> so yeah, I think what really helped them with Pharrell was the fact they was trying to be faces. In the new day, but then they end up getting complete heels, and they just kind of embrace that part of it, and really just roll their shit for real. So, so I got the Kofi. Okay. Okay. All right. Now hold on. Wait a second. Before wait, 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 wait. Before you get into anybody else's list, at this point, I feel like we all need to redo because. I was under the impression that the wrestler couldn't wrestle no more because I had 50 million people Because above. that's what I said. Yeah. And I said that Charlie is usually the one that I let slide because he's the youngest. Oh, wow. Well, can I swap out my last one? But you didn't But you didn't say that while you was like getting the polls from everybody. You said that once the show started. Yes, because when I was putting it in here, I was like, oh. And he's also on the same time zone as all of y'all. And I was, it was like like two o'clock in the morning when I was doing it, which was 5 a.m. for him. So I wasn't about to make him change nothing. I will say, in all fairness for me, I did not start watching wrestling as early as y'all. And then with him, 
he is a historian, so he went back and watched the shit. I jumped in in like the two thousand is when I was like my primary watching it. So most of my favorite people are still around, except for like my third person on the list. I know for sure isn't around anymore. My last yeah. guy is. So that's that's just me. I I don't have too many dudes from the nineties. I fuck with heavy outside the rock and like maybe a handful of other dudes that I even knew about. So I'm I'm extremely casual. Like two thousands yeah. is my era of wrestling, and for whatever reason, these niggas is like. 45 to 50 years old still wrestling somehow. I don't understand it, but it's happening. What you got against what you got against 40-year-old wrestlers? Let some new people get in there. Like let some new blood in. Y'all just I'm 40 years. I'm 40 years old. So what you trying to say? I'm trying to say leave room for young bloods to come through. Y'all had y'all time. You had two decades worth of like storylines, championship titles, promos. Let these young guys come up, young women come up and get some shine and like develop for a new generation. Now, some dudes like hey, Randy. Hold on, so, like, I, so let me get this right. Hold on, wait a second. I'm, I'm, I just want to say this one thing. So let me get this right. So you're saying that 40 and up year old wrestlers need to hang it up for the new guys, right? Oh, not man. not hang it up per se. Just like. Like Randy Orton is great, but Randy is like still headlining main anything shit. I'm like, okay. And I feel like it's at a point, almost like with the with the NBA, because the NBA is my shit. Basketball is my shit. To put it in reference there, you ever do like LeBron who was on a team, and let's say he's on a team with fucking like Shea Gillis Alexander Ray's a superstar in the They're NBA. going to the title. They're winning. The they're on a, yeah, they're going to the title, but Shea may not develop into what Shea is if he's playing behind LeBron. If LeBron is like in year 20 and he's still dominating the ball, still dominating an offense and everything's going through him, how's this other dude who's really ball dominant and here going to be able to showcase his full talent if he's always playing second fiddle to this guy? Now, the well, WWE is a little bit different in, in, in regards to that, but all I'm saying is there's been like this handful of like three or four. It's, it's better now because I think like dudes like Roman Reigns and guys like that are like coming in and they're not they're they're starting to get a bigger a bigger push, I feel like. How old is Roman now? Wait, wait, go ahead. Go ahead. I think everybody want to say something on this one. I know. Because of the topic, I didn't want to come on here. We're not going to like talk shit. So I don't want this to become like a I know you're wrong type of thing. But by Roman Reigns with, is um like 40. Hold on. Hold on. Is he really? Hold on. Hold on. With your example with LeBron and Shea. Right, right. How that would work. It would work because because Shea may go to a team where he is not the primary ball handler, where he may not be the star of the team. So right. you need to learn how to play your role no matter where you are, because you can go to another another program and be the star, but that that may not get you a chip. And you can go to a team where you know, hey, I might have to play, you know, number two, number three, but I'm gonna get a ring. Well, so Westbrook is a perfect example of that. He's not going to go somewhere where he's a star. He's going to get a ring. But he can go somewhere where he can be plugged into a system. And it's like, yeah, you're exactly what we need. And we're going to get you a chip. He's going to be playing with the LA Clippers. It, 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 it's working. But as far as as far as far um, WWE is concerned in that matter, these superstars in wrestling, like you're going to go until, until, until your body can't go no more. If that's what you really right. want to do. Unless you want to go and you know act or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And being 40 and up isn't, it's old in wrestling, but it's not as old as people may think now that we kind of 
have a peek behind the curtain and see what people's ages are. Cause like you look at AJ Styles, AJ Styles is what, 45, 46, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and that, still doing springboard 450s and not missing the beat. You know right. what I'm saying? Really, got, really in wrestling, you don't in wrestling, you don't start popping for real until you about 35 or some shit like that. So right. And if you take you away your, all of the the 40 year olds, I'm a, I'm gonna challenge you. The locker room all the all the forty year olds and we'll I'll I'll give you a, a age gap of about thirty five. We'll say thirty five. Mm-hmm. Build me a WrestleMania card. Fair enough. And again, like I like I said before, it's not I'm not <laughs> saying you need to just retire altogether. What I'm saying is like at that point you need to start cultivating some of these people's personalities. Because because to your point, I've, I've watched enough interviews to, to hear from a lot of these wrestlers were like. Kofi talked about he put in work for like a decade before he really started to get chances at like a WWE title and some of these other wrestlers put in a decade's worth of work before they get chances and opportunities for that kind of stuff. 16 years. It took Kofi to get a championship. 16. And in my head, I'm just like, damn, it took you 16 years to cultivate him as a person in the right storylines for him to get to where you perceived him to be worth getting a shot at this title. And usually certain people, like I know Roman's had... Right. And that's why I'm like, okay, my point being is you don't have to retire these guys. They don't have to disappear, but start to work on some of these storylines for some of these guys a little bit earlier. Like I look at somebody like a Rhea, like in the women's division, it's not like that. Somebody like a Rhea Ripley came in kind of early, right? And she got a lot of opportunities and stuff like that early because they saw that as a personality, she worked and people liked her. If you start to see people are gravitating towards a certain type of person and our personality, start to like elevate them a little bit more. Because if you just, I feel like if you just have them sitting there like it was in the past, you're kind of wasting that time. And then now you have to milk them till they're 65 years old because you didn't give them that opportunity early on. And they have to go through all kinds of different changes before you. Like That's why you them. have NXT. That's why NXT was born. That's literally the reason NXT was born. I'm only speaking from a casual perspective as well. I'm not watching NXT. I'm sorry. Because no, I'm just saying. I'm not watching NXT. No, wait, pause. Wait, you don't set up. You don't set up. Wait a minute. Pause, 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 pause. So the 40 and up. Let's Mm -hmm. go. We had three at 35 and up. That came from NXT. Yeah, they're 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 coming through the same training, NXT type thing. But have you not? It's just like in hip hop now. Um, back maybe a couple of months ago, there was this thing that was, would you, you know what I'm saying? You got the old, old groups, you know what I'm saying? No limit cash money and all these people doing these reunion tours and they're selling out arenas, Mm -hmm. but you got the young cats and this mumble rap and bumble rap and all this other stuff that are struggling to get sales. You see what I'm so, saying? So when you look at look at Royal Rumble, any Royal Rumble, and listen to the crowd's reaction or even people's reaction to the current wrestlers versus number 10 pops up and one of the legends run out. You know what I'm saying? Just this Friday is a prime example of that on SmackDown. The Rock didn't say anything. <clears throat> He had eight minutes of silence, because, but because he his music played and he walked through that curtain, the roof came off this building. So you know what I'm saying? Use your example, right? To go off of that, right? 
Well, I'm, not, I'm gonna use the mumble rap because I think that's a whole. That's not an A to A, A to B comparison. Maurice, your face but, is killing me. <laughs> but to go into like that, you talk about the Royal Rumble, right? Let's let's take somebody like Jade Cargill, right? Where Jade is a up and comer. She has a following. People enjoy seeing her. And as soon as she came out in that Women's Royal Rumble, it went nuts. I just got finished watching SmackDown from last Friday. She was backstage signing a contract or proceeded to sign a contract. People went nuts. If you see you have people like her, where she's obvious, like you can see she's a star. People love seeing her wrestle and seeing her personality. Push her more. Don't sit her behind somebody that's been around forever. Like I'm not saying she needs to get a title run like her third month into the business, but don't wait a decade before you start to really push her. Because like you said, to those wrestlers like The Rock, They've been cultivating him and giving him nostalgic big moments for decades. And that's why you see so many people going crazy because they have nostalgic ties with him. They have specific matches. Start to build some of those matches out for these younger guys early on. And you won't have to rely on the same 12 dudes for 10 plus years. Because once those dudes are gone and when they can't make it anymore, then you're going to be in a bad situation because you didn't develop anybody young. Bro, you still got Ric Flair selling tickets. I agree with what you're saying, um, but I look at, so Jay Cargill is a good example. All the thing about Jay Cargill is how she was built in AEW. And so mm-hmm. if you have a wrestling fan, they know, oh, Jay Cargill was, this chick never lost herself at one time. Right. Um, she looks like a million bucks. We're on social media now, so the comparison between her and Bianca has been, you know what I'm saying, juggled around forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about it is with, these a lot of these young guys they are given opportunities but they're just not getting over like you look at an austin theory uh what was it uh what it was a ring of honor what was it anyway he was a he was a champion of this um of this uh promotion before and uh wwe kind of like took him a little bit under their wing and so when he got called up Mind you, I'm watching this uh, this this program, so I know a little bit of uh, of who Austin Theory is. So when he's coming up, I'm like, oh yeah, he's gonna get he's gonna get the push because during that time, Vince was was ahead of it. And he looked just like a Vince McMahon guy. He looked like a young John Cena. So I'm like, okay, this dude can get a push, but it's not not now. I realize it's not about your, your ability in the ring because Austin can go. Mm-hmm. Austin can't get over. It don't matter what what type of character you give him. Why, I, I, I'm not going to say he can't. He hasn't been able to, but he's also very, very young. So the benefit of the youth is, yeah, we can, we can quote, unquote, strap the rocket to your back and send you to the moon. But a lot of times if we do that, we're not like the, the crowd may not like that. Roman was that. They wanted Roman to be the guy, but they turned him into John Cena, a Samoan John Cena. They hated mm-hmm. him for that. It took him until he was 33, 32, 33, no, 34, anyway, uh, in, in his mid-30s to come back to Tribal Chief. And that was all him. That was mm-hmm. his decision. He he became that and it got over because he realized this is what people want. They didn't want me to be what you wanted me to be. They wanted me to be who I always wanted to be, who I actually am. And so I, I, I realized that if we make these storylines and we – create these opportunities for younger wrestlers, but they can't get over regardless of their look or how skilled they are in the ring. Mm-hmm. It's not like we haven't given you the opportunity, but we can't continuously throw these opportunities at you and not work. And we not sell pay-per-views, we not sell seats because we're trying to get this, this experiment off. Ultimately, right. it's an experiment. And with Jade, it was a long-going experiment. We're not going to put you in the ring because you was too green. 
We're not going to try to cover you up with, with some of our stars because they make it seem like you 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 trash could take one time for you to mess up and that now it can, it can possibly be over. So we gonna we gonna mm-hmm. sprinkle you in. You look amazing. So we gonna we gonna get people to go off of what, how you look. And when you finally make your debut, and they and they did the debut in the Royal Rumble. That's a cover up right there. Like all these people in the ring, you got three spots, right. and we gonna cheer because you look amazing. And Bianca's in there with you. Put 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 her one on one in the ring with someone before that. It's gonna be either a squash match or she's gonna get exposed. So it de- it also depends on who's who like who has the book. Triple H has the book, so he understands how to like work off that. When Vince had the book, you either looked a certain way or you had a, a certain gimmick, and that's what worked or it didn't work. Which, that, which is why he hangs on the Undertaker so much. So mm-hmm. I definitely feel what you're saying, but my only thing is is that when I see them give opportunities to younger wrestlers, it's it's sink or swim because WWE is a whole different thing. WWE is not a it's it's pro wrestling, but it's not just about wrestling. It's about entertainment. Can you captivate right. seventy eight thousand people at WrestleMania? If you cannot do that, I can't put you on the card. Or if I, I do, I put you in a battle royal. Again, this is just me from a casual person. Again, when I dipped out of wrestling for like a decade and I come back and I see the same six dudes, I'm like, damn, they had, did nobody come in that y'all felt with? So I, I get your point as far as like the technicalities and the things that go into that. So I can understand that standpoint. Of it. That was just for me like coming back and still seeing the same big dude. I think the only person I saw as of now that's like been big and been at least for me, from my perspective, has been like Cody Rhodes and then like the Roman Reigns. Because I remember Roman Reigns is like the in the the shield is when I first seen him. I'm like, oh, okay, he's doing his thing now for real. They gave him a chance. And I'll see other dudes from that time period. I'm like, damn, too many dudes didn't really get the shot like that. But I, I definitely I see where you're coming from though. So you missed the whole Bobby Lashley era. Yeah, I I missed that. I oh yeah, I see like the I see the recent run. shit that he had going on with. No, nah, Bobby Lashley had a run where I think he got every title that you could almost get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like in a certain little time period, he was the world champion. He was the Intercontinental Champion. He was the U.S. Champion forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. but. Bobby Lashley again is one of the old heads that's been in the game a long time, and mm-hmm. it took his character to go through good, been a good guy, been the bad guy, then coming back as the U.S. vet. You know what I'm saying? Like they start playing his army story. You know what I'm saying? That during the 9/11 times, that he was the, the almost the face of WWE because he was a true. Well, actually, he was still serving at that time. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like. Yeah, you gotta go through those that that development. Your your character just can't come in. Like I believe they did Charlotte Flair way too fast. But mm-hmm. when your daddy is Ric Flair, like he said, they're gonna tie you to somebody to make you hot. You know what I'm saying? She was introduced to wrestling literally by her daddy, the 16-time world champion. And then here she comes, fresh out the gate, and now she's the 14-time women's champion. Trish Stratus and all that. It, like you, you had a whole line of women way before Charlotte. Like even back when the Divas Championship was in play. Mm-hmm. But she came in and won 14 straight out the gate. You know what I'm saying? 
That's OD. That's OD. 14, I think it's crazy. Yeah, she's a 14 time. I think she got a championship opportunity finna come up now. I think she just challenged. Uh, she just put out a challenge for WrestleMania. Nah, she won't be back until later. Yeah, she won't be back from what I remember. Okay, then that must been a past highlight that I just saw. But you know what I'm saying? Like they, they really was beefing her character up for another championship run. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. And that's you, about it, 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 it's just really about validation, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you ain't got somebody that's uh, already a, a legend or an icon behind you, i.e. the, the Usos, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? They came in hot. And like you said, you know, they came in with the whole Samoa thing or whatever, but everybody knows they the cousins to the rock. They daddy is Rikisi and mm-hmm. Yoko Zuna and, you know what I'm saying? Like, you had all these ties to make people fall in love with you. Tamilia is the same way. Her daddy is super fly snooker. I, man, I wish I wish I wish Tamina became more than what she did, man. She was supposed to be a dominant, bro. Like you can tell her character is supposed to be a dominant. But they brought yeah. Nia Jackson again, yeah. another cousin of the Rocks. And she became that that dominant. That should have been the tag team right there. It should have been. They want to go. They who? No, they want to go. They were attacking. They won. Yeah, but like, if you no, like the tag team. No, no. If you want to be, if you want to build that division. Anyway, let's 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 move on to number two. Yeah, my bad. I think we've been waiting a long time. Yeah, my bad. (laughs) Cover up to like these niggas tripping. Okay. Listen, I already knew how this was going to go, so I'm, I'm not even worried about it. Um, okay, so we are at Chris's number two. Yeah, remind me who this is. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, this is a this this is more of a personal thing for me. Um, I don't feel like he's the best in ring technical mat wrestling guy, right? But for me, when it comes to uh, character, when it comes to uh, moments, when it comes to charisma, um, I don't think there's anybody anybody better. Um, the, the guy literally, and, and people can argue with me on this, but when it comes to the Stone Cold Stunner, I don't know if the, if the Stunner would be as big if it wasn't for the way that The Rock would sell it. The man would, mm. would do backflips and, and court screws out there and it made you feel like, yo, is he really turn, turning people inside out with this move? Hey, I should think the know, stunner was the most powerful move on the planet. You know the way the rock was it wasn't a small dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, and uh, so yeah, so so with Rock, uh, he was my he was he was he was my favorite uh, growing up. I remember uh, No Way Out uh, versus Kurt Angle. Um, I remember the the backstage promo he played like he did right before he came out and uh, he was talking to to Coachman and he did the whole, you know, uh, get out of my face and roasting coach uh, whole thing. And he was just like, Kurt, he did his promo. He was like, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. And then it played the crowd and his music hit. And I'm like, that was a clean little transition. And hearing how 
that hits you and the crowd just goes crazy, especially now. Mm-hmm. It's not a, like you you no longer hear if you smell. When you hear if you and, and you hear nothing else. Yeah. Very <laughs> few people, very few people got that kind of pop. Right. And just the moments like him and Hogan just standing in the ring for the first one with the five, six, what whatever so many just staring at each other. Mm-hmm. I don't think there are more iconic stare-offs that you can have than when you're standing when you're standing on the other side of the rock. Like if you want to have a, a a standoff, y'all just looking face to face. There's other there's been other ones, but you look at Rock and Austin. You look at Rock and Hogan. Most recently, you look at Rock and uh, and Roman. He don't have to say anything anymore because he he built that body of work and. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the most memorable things was that people's elbow when he slid. Like that's, I'm sorry, bro. When I saw it, I was like, yeah, this this is my guy. This, this is the smoothest dude on the face of the planet. And it was by accident that he did it. He came, yeah, that he was came the coldest thing. He he, he he did it. Like, I'm like, bro. First of all, you wearing church shoes in the ring. It's kind of like it's kind of like Karabka bringing a shovel to a fight. You knew something was about to go down, so he just slid up in and hit. Come on, bro. Come on. I'm like, yeah, this, yeah. You him and uh, he held that all the way through, uh, and I feel like his body of work and his character and everything um, stacked up so well that his mat ability—it's um, a con that nowhere near outweighs the pro. Hence why I'm wearing the shirt. And uh, as a as a side note, I am very pissed about this whole Rock and Roman thing. I just want to put that out there. I didn't um, want to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up for a second. I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up because I know if you're a wrestling fan and you're watching this, you, you, you saw The Rock. I want people to say something. All right. What the fuck is the point of the Royal Rumble? Royal Rumble. If you're going to win the Royal Rumble, Point to the sign, point to Roman, and say, I'm picking you. And the very next Friday, almost a week to the day, I'm coming for you, Roman, but not at WrestleMania. I'm sorry. Right. You're doing what? <laughs> hey, 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 so, so you fight Seth? I'm like, oh, so you you know what I'm saying? And then he, okay, and then so the, I took that. I got I got a question about that before you move on with that. So mm-hmm. I kind of took that as a tip off of what's going to happen at WrestleMania because my thing is, Cody, you were screwed out of your championship. Then you're going to say I'm coming for you, but not at WrestleMania. So are you telling me that? He's going to hold this title through WrestleMania so you can get it later? <laughs> or, that is a, that is or is he going to lose it and then simply win it back very fast? So the issue, and, and, and there's no real, like we have to like kind of wait and see. That's the, that's the whole thing I hate about it. But with, with this situation, it's weird because um, you have Elimination Chamber coming up and they're trying to build this thing as like a a, a show, if you will, right? Because it's, it's in uh, was it Perth, Australia? Yeah, Australia, yeah, Perth, Australia. 
Right. So, which in theory, you would think, okay, we, we, we're probably going to make the, the, the key person Rhea because she's Australian. She's our top Australian person. Mm-hmm. So if you do that and then you say, okay, well, no, we need to put Cody and Roman at Russian Chamber and that's where uh, Cody's going to win. That way you can have Rock versus Roman without the title. Okay. If w- you're not going to sell... Like selling tickets, selling tickets. You're gonna sell tickets if it's Roman versus uh, Cody, or if it's Rock versus Cody. But there's no story for real with Rock versus Cody. It is because it's like, oh, The Rock and Roman are both Samoan. You can tell that anywhere. You can tell that at SummerSlam. But because, hold on, hold on. But because The Rock is now a board member, he kind of has this say so of like, no, I want to do it. I want to do it at, at WrestleMania. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Okay, so so let me put it in this perspective for you. Let's go with head of the table, right? Mm-hmm. That that was the whole thing with Roman anyway. I'm the head of the table. Had the family come out, put the you know the chilies around his neck, and kind of bless him, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I, I I said this myself. Like, if I was a writer, and I think I told you. Um, before when we were in Atlanta that that would be the the ultimate storyline and you didn't get it then that the only person that can take this has to be in that bloodline and they with the rock being gone you kind of skip over him as the elder mm-hmm. so Roman has had this long reign of, I'm the head of the table this is mine and this is my family but then the rock comes back and like uh well you can't forget about me you see Does what I'm saying? Need the title? Does that need the the, the championship? Does it need it? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Why? Because with if you take the title, you take Roman's dominance. That's kind of like taking him out. Of, well, no, like who is Roman without the title right now? That's a story for them to tell. You see what I'm saying? But the whole head of the table came from him having the title once he won the title he became the quote-unquote head of table and even with the promo that even with what they did with the rock when he was doing his little promo or whatever he said well i'm going to the restaurant and should i should i sit over here should i sit over here or should i sit at the head of the table yeah and i feel you on that but here's the here's the issue do you sell WrestleMania night two as a full blown conclusion because the rock is not winning that. Are you are you gonna are you gonna make the, the new board member of TKO the world champion? The man who can't I mean yeah like rock like, like yeah Roman's not is not defending every single night but Roman is a much more credible champion right now than the rock would be. And so if you're gonna have someone that's going so, to So and that that, that, that goes him, back to my question with what they did and the way that they did it that they tip off wrestlemania accidentally i don't think it was i don't, I, I ain't gonna say i don't think it was by accident or is it gonna be a title match at all could it be a rock roman no title match just sure i'm better i'm the big dog this is my yard 
that whole and then Cody I'm, gets I'm his. Firm, I'm a firm believer that every championship should be on the line of WrestleMania. I, I agree. Neither champion so should never have, exist. So if you're gonna have Roman as the champion, and he walks into walks into that arena and steps into that ring, he needs to put that that title on the line if he still has it. Now, some people say it should be Cody versus Roman night one, Rock Cody night two. But then I feel like like the only way I, I feel like that works is because the whole situation with Punk, because Punk is out, so Punk and uh, and Seth they can't main event. So now you can have those two things. So now if you have like say Drew versus Seth, that won't main event, but it'll be a marquee match. So you kind of solve it, solve it that way. I don't know how you tell that story unless they kind of make the fact that you're never here and you never and you never defend actual part of the story but he wouldn't be the first he wouldn't be the first champion that done that they made that was everybody's problem with brock because what? brock was a brock was only a pay-per-view wrestler he's not putting right. his title that's up that's what i'm saying if you do that if you make him defend if you make him defend the championship on the first night and then he has to fight the second night then you take everything away from roman in one at one time and that was supposed to have been the whole thing last year. Night one, you took you took the tag team championships from the Usos. They kind of having this whole thing going on, right? So then after that, you have Roman lose the uh, the championship that next night. Then you can tell the story of okay, who is Roman without the title, and who is Roman when he's losing losing the bloodline. All of that would have been solved last year, but now you didn't have the Civil War. He done lost everything. You didn't had all this breakdown. Jimmy somehow joins the bloodline back. I still don't understand that story. And now you got this whole thing with the Rock. So it's like, I get, I 100% get what you're saying. I get why you're saying it. But the way that they have told the story thus far, it, it to me, it just doesn't make sense. If if they decide to go with Rock Roman for the title, if that's where they're going. If that's not where they're going, well, you done, you, last last week was just a pop. But if this is where y'all going with it, it's kind of tough to, to, to sell WrestleMania on that. But it's, it's hard to sell the story, but it's easy to sell tickets. You know how many people just want to see The Rock hold that belt over his head one more time? Whether he keep it for, because you still got the money in the bank championship out there now. That that briefcase still out there. So, so, so Damien comes in and takes it from the Rock. Does he? I don't like it. That's nasty. <laughs> I do not like it. I hear what you're saying, and, and, and there's always ways to get around it. But if they decide to go that route, I'm still gonna be like. You could have just had Cody. Because here's the thing. You want if I don't care about the rock holding. I never want to, I never have to see the rock throw another punch. I am cool with him playing the Austin role, his music hit. He come out, rock bottom, nostalgia moment. You know, if you're smelt, cool. I'm cool with that. I want to see those three crossroads. I want to see somebody come out there, neutralize uh solo, maybe Jay or somebody else, neutralize all of that. One, two, three, Roman's losing. Cody holds the belt over his head. 
all the fireworks go, uh, uh, go go up in the air, and then it's a reverse of what we saw last year, where Roman leaves the ring. He's sitting on the top of the ramp. He's losing his mind because he's lost the championship, and Cody Cody is celebrating. That's what I want. And you can say like, "Oh, well, you can't always get what you want." I don't care. I pay money. That is a beautiful storyline. Like I would, I would pay to see that. I would pay to see Roman in distress. Period. I would pay to see Roman in distress. I don't care who do it. You can get our truth to accidentally fall on top of him and win. I don't care. Could you imagine then, that? Losing, you you're the most dominant person in wrestling, losing your title to our truth. By accident. By that accident. You know what? You know, in hindsight. I want to see that more. I just want to see how that. How do you get to our truth accidentally falling on top of Roman and winning the championship? Is he got the back? WWE title yet? Nah, they're not gonna do that. Damn. Nah, they gave. That's why they gave him. They invented the twenty four seven three sixty five championship for him. Yeah, seven eleven three. All that like. That's that's why that, that title was invented for him. Just like the million dollar belt was invented for the million dollar man. Like that's you you can never talk about that title without our truth name attached to it. Oh yeah. That's true. Okay, who's the next number two? You did a great um, job of mediator, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I tried. Especially with this this is this this would have been my wheelhouse a long time ago. But anime and comic books have dominated my brain at this point. So, um, what is that man's name? Maurice. Yes. Maurice. Jesus. Yes, him. His the number two. Your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I don't. Excuse me. I have been up for since yesterday. Four since yesterday. Yes. Why you I, haven't cry, kids? A, I haven't, first of all, don't do that. I haven't had a nap or nothing. Anyway, uh, his number two. I know. So, like, do we just discuss how we feel about Triple H? Is he not here? You can. You are more than welcome to do exactly that. Triple H is a great uh, performer. His matches are too long. His matches are long. Fuck. Which version of Triple H are we talking about? He did not say. He just put Triple H. Because are that's we talking all, four, are we talking the Four Horsemen Triple H? Are we talking DX Triple H? Or are we talking? Wait. Let me tell you how generalized. He means revolution. He means revolution. Let me tell you how generalized his list is. Yeah, that right there. Because they, they, yeah, because they went up under the Four Horsemen as evolution. You got me. Let me tell you how generalized <laughs> this list is because I asked you guys for your matches. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he goes... I'm going to read you guys this just so y'all can understand the things that I have to go through when it comes to getting information from my co-host about things like this. I said, give me your top three matches. HBK versus The Undertaker. Okay. Which one? Am I supposed to pick? Am I supposed to guess? I don't know. I picked a random one, so y'all will see that in a minute. 
um, HBK versus Cena on Raw. That is the only specific one he gave me. It's the one from 2007. That was a good one. And then... I don't know, he gave me two specific ones. And he then he said... <laughs> yeah, it is actually because it's DX versus Legacy and Hell in a Cell. Ha! Yeah, he is definitely an uh, HBK fan. Yes. Yeah, he is. Sure. Because the last time I asked for things, he was just like this generalized situation and then this generalized situation. I was like, that's really great. Except when you Google these things to get like pictures and videos, I can't do generalized. And then you come on here talking specifics when I could have had a specific. I mean, mm -hmm. So, moving on, That's we have... oh, Des, I'm so sorry, I skipped over yours. Are you sure? Yes, you never do. That's a terrible picture of him. It is a terrible picture, but you know what? It was five o'clock in the morning, and I wasn't about to keep looking. So, um, for me, I actually just recently became an AJ AJ and I want to say recently, as in like back in like twenty. 13, 2014, mainly when he was doing the um, Bullet Club stint in New Japan. But, um, sorry, with AJ, it was kind of pretty much the same thing as alongside with Kurt Angle to where I felt like he was a guy that was like, if you were going to create a wrestler, you want a wrestler who was high flyer, but at the same time could wrestle really good. And at the same time, on top of that, had a good bit of power moves. And I kind of feel like AJ checkmarked all those boxes. And then especially when he came in today to be at 2016, where you could kind of argue that there weren't too many big stars. Like you had Roman at that time, but kind of what um, Chris and Jay was talking about when they were talking to Charlie about um, pushing somebody too soon. Roman was in that spot where he was a guy. Everybody knew kind of he was a future guy, but those fans rejected him. I really like seeing um, kind of AJ coming in there into where you had a lot of wrestling fans who were like, oh, like who, you know, like AJ, awesome, nice. Like he's going to clean up house. And then you had the casuals who were kind of just like, who's this like guy with the soccer mom haircut? Like, you know, like how are we supposed to care about him? And then you see him going in there, putting on great matches with John Cena, Dolph Ziggler. He had um one of my favorite yeah, ones. Nice. This, that wasn't really a big match, but this shows how really good he was even on TV was um Bray Wyatt, rest in peace, versus um, John Cena versus, um you know, AJ South. That was like a good match. I remember watching it and that's when i was just like oh no like aj sells probably like the best person put in there where you got somebody you really want to impress the people in the audience put them in a match with house and i really just i guess i really like them just for that factor and that factor alone probably yeah georgia boy too you know yeah georgia boy too yeah game will rip the hometown yeah aj's um aj's one of the to me, AJ's one of those guys, like, you you know you're good when you can make it work in different promotions because every promotion has a different system. And so with TNA, they were very experimental with, like, how they did everything. Um, and he was really able to, like, kind of get his name out there, get his, get his style, like, really honed in. And then when he went to New Japan, that's when he kind of, like, took off. And he had this, uh, I don't want to say resurgence, but, like, stuff really clicked like it was good in tna but when he hit then a bullet club stuff it was just like yeah this 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 is a guy like he kind of reminds me of what will osprey is now and uh will is just like this 
I mean, you 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 put him in a in a ring with anybody, it, it can it can be a five star. And uh, that's how AJ was at that time. So when he took the jump and came to WWE, um, he, especially with the whole situation with like where it was and you knew in order to kind of get your name put out there, you had to have a program with John. And um, getting John to, not, not necessarily saying getting John to care, but to get John to have a match where it's not, beat you up for a long period of time and then you hit one AA or you hit two AAs and it's over. But like someone was smaller than him, they could out-wrestle him. On a lot of different ways, they were better than him aside from being on the microphone. But then he had, he got better at that too. And then he had that whole run where he was champ for a year or over a year that I was like, okay, yeah, AJ is uh AJ has solidified himself as, as 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 GOAT status, you know, doing all of that in his career. And he's still, I mean, he just he was just in a, in a championship match this past Saturday. You know what I mean? So well, not this past Saturday, but you get it. And um, I'm like, at this age, and he looks phenomenal, no for no pun intended. Like at this at this stage of his career, him I, I don't know what him and uh and Randy have eaten, Bruh. but <laughs> these dudes me personally, I'm a, I'm I'm personally a, 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 a more of a fan of smaller Randy when he when when he was super small and had the, the bald head and just kind of came out like a like a demon. A viper. That's, that's my preference. <laughs> yeah, Viper Randy. That, that's my preference. Mm. But you know, with AJ, I'm like, yo, he's he's bigger, and the most impressive thing is that he can still move like like how he did when he was when he was smaller and younger. He's bigger and older. And can put on these types of matches and not miss a beat. Man, he ain't ready on whatever because LeBron is on right now. Say what? I see. Say whatever. Whatever LeBron is on is what they on. Because the fact that the man came back bigger, I was like, bro, he's two hundred and seventy-five pounds, bro. Randy, he's two seventy-five. He's six five, two seventy-five. Ain't no fucking way, that bro. That are at this point crazy. that RKO is attempted murder, bro. Like he's God, way Jesus too Christ. big. Way too big. It, it, but like if you realize you ain't seen him throw a drop kick since he came back. <laughs> right, right. If he throw one of them beautiful drop kicks, man, it might kill somebody. I'd be like, can't hit with a brick. Flying <laughs> out of the ring. I'm like, bro, you weigh more than Brock. Make he's two seventy five right now. He's be, he's billed at two seventy five. I, I I haven't looked okay. it up and seen like if that's true. But when he gets announced from St. Louis, Missouri, like, when he get at two seventy seven. LeBron, bro, like a year or two ago, definitely much. Just <laughs> crazy. I'm like, bro, you two seventy five, and you, I, I, when he first came back, I was like, bro, I, I, I want to see you throw a drop kick at this size, because he used to get high on them drop kicks. So I, I, I need to see this at 275. Yeah. His yeah, weight I, is 275 listed from when he was 215. That's crazy. Bro. 18 months, bro. Moving like that, 275. Yeah, he on the juice, bro. He on the juice. I'm sorry. He, he on the juice. He's on the juice. It's his prayers and he vitamins. That's all, man. That's his prayers. He's eating vitamins. people is what he's doing. <laughs> sit up for the whole life. Exactly. Crazy. I got the reference. Do you have anything to say? BBZ or Bridge, I see you. No, I mean, I don't yeah. necessarily have an argument about AJ Styles because, I mean, one, I've met him personally. Um, they did a show here in Chattanooga, and uh, matter of fact, it was during his championship run. Um, 
And, you know, he brought his son into the ring and they did their whole spill. And I think they, he do that at every live show that he's main eventing. Um, but I got to I got to meet him and dude is very approachable and tangible. Um, so yeah. Just he he he's been in almost every major sector of wrestling, you know what I'm saying? Even all the way to the hardcore stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like dude done took a chair or two in his career with and made it look good. Um but I was gonna throw in uh just another another honorable mention on the number two list, and this might be before any of y'all time. Um, but Doink the Clown. I don't know if y'all ever not Doink the Clown. Doink the Clown. Doink the Clown. Kind of something. I saw the. Um, yeah, I, say, I think I know what you're going with. I'm not gonna lie, Jay's on to something with Doink the Clown. Let let him talk. Let him talk. I'm surprised at the name. That's interesting. I don't know, I got you. No, it's it's literally a clown, like literally red nose and all. Like I got you. John Wayne Gacy in the ring and shit. Yeah. First of all, you didn't even have to bring John Wayne Gacy. He ain't do nothing to you. You didn't have to do. You didn't even have to bring. He him did a lot he though. He did a lot though. He did do a lot, but he's not even part of this conversation. We're not talking about serial killers today. I forgot it's your man for. I'm he sorry, I forgot. Him. Oh, oh, and God. don't play with me. Oh fuck. <laughs> That is horrifying. Don't that is terrifying. <laughs> that was a point. That was a point. <laughs> okay. Oh man. Yeah, that one. Like, I don't know if it's him and the boogeyman for real. That's just crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, so I mean, when it comes to my honorable mention with bringing up Doink, is because he yeah, he was one of them just like y'all are talking about. Dude was real little when he first started, like in statue. And he blew up and he could move. And like Doink had this, I don't know if he necessarily had a storyline per se to back him, but his his wrestling style and his his whole persona about him as a superstar made him who he was. I mean, they even gave him a mini, they even gave him Dink. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, he had a mini me. It was Doink and Dink. Hornswoggle, nobody name was. So, so that's where Hornswoggle was born from. The whole theory of Hornswoggle, you had Dink did it first, though. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I don't, I don't see anybody from that era. Like when it comes to if you're gonna compare the two, you know what I'm saying? I think Doink would be your, your, your. Your AJ style of that time. I'll take your word for it. That's nice. It's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, it looks wild. And I'll I'll give you I'll give you for reference, Charlie, because I know you are you were not there. Oh God. I didn't need to see that. <laughs> I did not need to see that. Okay. <laughs> I need an adult. You are an adult. <laughs> yeah, right. You are an adult. Okay. Um, going to our number threes. This is Charlie's. Yeah. See, I struggled really hard, really, really hard, because I was going to go between him or Bray Wyatt. And I, I say Bray Wyatt because I'm a big horror fan, 
And the shit he did with coming out with the uh, the Tom Savini mask was like fire for me. But growing up, there's not too many things I wanted in my life besides the Rey Mysterio mask and those fucking Jeff Hardy armbands. Watch <laughs> this man swan tall bomb from heaven onto anything <laughs> with some of the greatest shit. He's one of the reasons why I love High Flyer so much. Just seeing people I'm jump and crazy. just fly from high distances or just fly long distances and land on people is some of the greatest, or that into like a fucking Herc run or whatever. Just seeing high flyers operate is the most entertaining thing to me. The technical wrestling is cool. It's cool to me, but nothing's more entertaining than watching this man just jump off of shit and, and land on people. Ladders, cages, whatever, through tables. Him and his brother were on crack rock jumping off of shit. It's amazing to see. <laughs> And Matt was the safe one. That's the crazy thing. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Growing up, Jeff was definitely uh, definitely my guy. I got into wrestling from a, like, I definitely remember stuff standpoint when um, I want to say TLC1 happened. And uh, I remember vividly that spear uh, at WrestleMania, off of uh, off the off the titles, and I'm like, dude, there's there's just there's no there's no. He'll be like, oh, wrestling's fake. I'm like, you watch that shit. It's fake. This that was fake, bro. Would you no. do this? Would they know how to fall? <laughs> Would you learn how to fall and do this? And like, you know, the the, the swanton off of the uh, off the table and hitting Bubba, um, but. When they came back at WrestleMania 34, whichever, whichever, yeah, the one in Orlando, yeah, yeah, one of the biggest WrestleMania. Um, man, that pop was crazy. Um, you know, when they came back for that, and uh, I forgot which WrestleMania it was, but um, he did a uh, a leapfrog onto uh, onto a ladder through Edge, and Matt is just like. No, no, no. He just goes through it. And I'm like, between all of that stuff and then the uh, the match with CM Punk, and he did that swan time off of the biggest ladder I've ever seen in my life. And when he falls off the titles, off the ladder, hits the ring. If you watch this match, you remember, he hits the ground and slides. Like his head is just like out of the ring. And I'm like, this dude took bumps. I mean, personal stuff outside the ring. I, I wouldn't hire. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hire the guy. But when it comes to like memories, if you were, you know, if you were a '90s baby, you know, you know them. Do you remember? Do you remember him jumping off of uh, the screen? Yes. Oh, oh to, was on that, was on Randy. that was on to Randy. Yeah. On the red, but they went through like four tables or something, yeah. like yeah. So when Jeff is okay, let me ask this: Do you like them? Do you like Jeff tag team Jeff or singles match Jeff? Any fucking Jeff. I was gonna ask that too. Yeah. So I, I don't know what era this was, but specifically I mean, the one when he had the fucking the eye makeup on, when he had the eyes over his eyes and shit. Oh, yeah. So that you was around 2007. 2007. So they say, uh, 
I, I forget. You just now getting back to it. Okay. Right. Yeah, I keep forgetting that. I'm sorry. I saw some of the early stuff, but that Jeff was like, I was like, right. I, I was only asking that because tag team Jeff was good because of the beef with the Douglas. And I don't know if y'all remember Dudley. that. Yeah. 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 The match, yeah, the Dudley boys and the um, Edge and Christian. Nigga said that shit. I had a homeboy that that too hard in, in, in school. He he cannot stand it up for its boy. That's yeah, they the ones that they, they, the whole tables, the ladders and chairs thing. I, I would definitely give Edge Christian and the Dudley boys beef with credit for creating that whole theory. But the whole dominant, you know, tag team beef that. Matt Hardy and the Douglas had for probably it all it lasted all of 2.5 and a half seconds before Edge and Christian got involved in the whole thing. But um that era of Jeff Hardy was kind of what we've been, we've been ping-ponging back and forth of the development thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the Hardy boys went through their whole uh who are these little young first base looking like guys? Like they came in clean cut and a little high, high and tights and all, you know what I'm saying? Like they, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like you didn't know who these, who these guys was. You know what I'm You knew that one was strong and the other one could jump, you know? And then they developed into their characters and you know what I'm saying? Then they got their push and then they went through their injuries and had to come back. Lita was a big, thing for them to, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It was a big push for them having Lita because they was the first ones really to have a female sidekick that, you know what I'm saying, that in in turn became part of the group. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She's kind of like the real Ripley now. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you kind of kind of got to give Jeff props in two different areas. That's why I was asking, like, which area, era, which era you were talking about? Coke Jeff, when he was on that stuff, he was in that book of sugar for real. That era, that's it. When he was on that stuff, he was elite. Hey, yo, that's the end of that one. Coke Jeff, is, yo, we can't go more into that. Coke Jeff is crazy. Coke Hardy boy, that deal is different. Hey, I'm gonna tell you somebody who went harder than hell. Hey, y'all, we can argue this if you want. Mankind, Mick Foley, Ultimate Warrior. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, man. Okay. Tell me one person you've oh, seen shit. run that fast to any ring. Ever. He took <laughs> the WrestleMania. WrestleMania has the longest rep in wrestling. This man took that from the locker room all the way to the ring in full sprint. <laughs> and they took that I'm Bruh, just imagining Ultimate Warrior running from this locker room through the river. Like, I think the fastest, the, the only one I've seen him get to the ring faster was when he came to say, and it, it, it's one of the biggest highlights in WWE, when he went to save Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, he got to the ring ASAP, and he shook that thing, and the arena went nuts. I think that is that's oh, yeah. probably one of 
Yeah, but you talking about Booger Sugar? Yeah, you definitely got to talk about the Ultimate Warrior. You talking about Booger Sugar? Rose? It's like him, Jeff, and Nick Foley, boy. Right. That boy is on that stuff. Nah, <laughs> Nick Foley was that. Mick Foley is a whole another monster. And that's just because, I mean, listen, to have you to lose your ear in the middle of a match. To have your tooth go your nose. Yes. Bro, he invented off of that cage. Like bro, the no man was this, no the man was set on fire. He was set on fire. That's just crazy. He was bit by Jake the Snake. Snake. Well, that was venomous, bro. Right? I thought I heard he like de, uh, not defanged the snake, but like he took the venom and got the snake, right? Yeah. Still hurt. <laughs> <laughs> like when you talking about make fault, you, that, that, you, you, that's a whole show in itself. You know what I'm saying? Like because he got what five different personalities. He's Cactus Jack. He's Mick Foley. He's you know what I'm saying. Man. Mankind. So, like, he's a whole show in himself. Yeah, that's, that is, that is, now, now he's a goat. You gotta, you gotta give him. Yeah, story. he's definitely the goat. You know what I'm saying? Him, and that's when I think with the whole Undertaker thing. You know what I'm saying? Wait, before you get into Undertaker, that's Chris. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> And coincidentally, oh, that's what I was going to say. You have one, two, three, four, five different personas of the Undertaker. Did y'all focus on the bad American badass taker for real? Okay, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get into all of that. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. So, Taker, no one has a greater character. When you think character in wrestling, it's the Undertaker. When you think of that gong, you know exactly what's going to happen. This man made the term rest in peace cool. He had an element of... Mystique? For lack of a better term, yes. Mm. Uh, You, he, okay. And this is one of the things that that make makes wrestling cool. And Triple H talked about this one time. So there was a time where um, Triple H and Mankind had a feud, and he was beating the hell out of Mankind like crazy. And he was like, and Mankind, in, on, on, like at the top of the ramp, literally took off his shirt and became Cactus Jack. And Triple H's face changed because he sold the fact that this is a this is the same man. This is a totally different character now. So now I have this. When Taker would come out, or if you heard that gong, I don't care how tough you was, I don't care how strong you was. When you heard that, when you heard that gong, it was like, oh shit, <laughs> oh shit. Randy thought he was him. Randy thought he was that one. Until Taker popped out of that flaming casket, and that man shit his pants. <laughs> shit him. I remember that. The man was buried alive and stuck his hand out the dirt. This is when I thought wrestling was real. I thought mm-hmm. that man was killed on live TV. <laughs> and he, 
No. Nah, I'm here. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. I'm here. I'm good. I'm breathing. You know what I'm saying? So seeing that, and I'm and I went to WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta, and I know like I I used to think, oh, they're just talking about, uh, you know, like when he comes out, goosebumps, all this stuff. Say what you want about the show of WrestleMania 27, you know, but whenever Taker comes out, it literally gets colder in the arena. You feel the hair on your the hair on your arm stand up. And this man glides to the ring. And you see all this smoke. And it's one thing to see the presentation on television. Now, mind you, the reason why I like anime villains to this day is because of Undertaker. How he presents himself and like in this like creepy, uh, but yet like he makes sci-fi horror almost like now this is real like when he came out and there was like dead souls reaching up at you know reaching up at him i'm like bro that is perfect no other character can do this as cool as randy is it's not gonna be believable as randy comes out and there's a whole bunch of snakes caught like like just beside him it's not gonna work <laughs> no other character can have these little small elements about himself that just works. The man lifts his hands up and the lights come on and we believe it. The man throws lightning and people get catch so far off. We don't bat an eye. You know what I'm saying? He I has, thought that he was dead for real. I thought he was a literal zombie for a long oh, time. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> well, so I, had the, his, I had the privilege once of being at a show with the dead man, like him and Paul Bear. Mm. Like Way back when, and um, you are right, and it's 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 never no, it that that has never changed, never. Like I don't care, like you said, you can from nine to ninety nine. When that gong hits, your the hair on your back, legs on everything is like stuck. You're stuck. That fog, you 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 know it's a fog machine or whatever have you, but you can feel it, you can taste it, you can like it. That is a whole experience just watching this. He has the slowest interest in wrestling. I don't want to mention Roman Reigns, but anyway. No, I'm talking about him him walking him walking from the curtain to the ring. Fifteen like, minutes. They literally like. I don't know if it's a respect thing that they have for him now and the respect that he's earned as a character to give him that much time to get from the curtain to the ring. You know what I'm saying? And they gave him the most iconic matches. Those, the casket match, the I, the I quit match. You know what I'm saying? Like, him and Kane, the whole storyline of him alive, yeah. which makes him which makes him the dead man. He set Kane on fire in response to. So that's what made Kane the demon seed. You know what I'm saying? So that's what he ruined that shit. So let me ask this. Let me ask this. When it comes down to the Undertaker. I think you asked about the American Badass. Did we like the first one or when he started coming out the little biscuit? 
I feel like he doesn't know that there are two versions of that. I did not know there were two versions of that. I thought there was just the one version of that. I'm going to say the one that's good one. Yeah, when we was, everybody was rolling, 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 rolling. Okay, yeah, okay. I like, don't give me, I like the original where they had like um, the creepy, like three girls in dresses singing. And then his music would come in, but when the list yeah, that was hard. came in, that's when that that one was cold. But I still feel like it was still remainders of like old Undertaker. But he went on like a podcast and pretty much said the reason why he wanted to do the American Badass because he wanted to do like a whole nother character. He's like, I didn't want this to be Undertaker mixing with a bike. He's like, I wanted it to be like a whole nother person. So that way, when I do bring back, you know, the Undertaker spooky, scary gimmick, like it's. You know, like it's done right, but no, the the Limp Biscuit one definitely that was my favorite. And what's cool about the Undertaker is after like um I was just watching um the which one did I watch? Taker Shine Two from twenty six. Um and I'm just kinda like just in some way studying the match. And I'm looking at what what, what Taker's doing, and if you look He's like each one of his finishers are I represent a different era of his career. If you look at like even with the, my my favorite thing is that when he comes back as the phenom and he still uses the last ride. Like yeah, like it's a character of myself that's totally different from this, but that was still me. So seeing the phenom pull out the last ride is like okay, I'm I'm digging back into this persona that like nah like that was like I really have to like pull out all the stops, and it's because you have the dead man and then you have the ministry taker and then you have uh, American badass and you come back with the different iterations of the phenom, you have this culmination of like different versions of what I feel like is Mark because Mark is a a fighter like he likes to, to box and brawl all that type of stuff he likes bikes and all that type of stuff the undertaker whole thing which is a gimmick that vince came up with he was like okay i mean i'm not i'm not coming out i come out of the egg so i'm happy i'll roll with it you know what mm-hmm. i mean so so when he gets so watching his matches prior to um him almost dying at crown jewel um it it, it really makes you respect uh makes you respect not only the stories that he's able to tell in his matches but the story that is the undertaker's career like very few people are able to call upon the story that is their career in the way that they do i feel like only the greats have that ability to, to do that like i've been here so long and like there's been different iterations of me that now like if i pull out a move from all the way back then it's like y'all forgot about this Man, dude, dude, literally has the ability right now because of all his character tones to be a six or seven time Hall of Fame inductee as each yeah. personality. Yeah, like they can literally, and nobody would be mad at that. Just don't bring back taking the fat tie. Just don't bring that one back. Oh God, don't bring that one back. He the makeup. No. You, you didn't like the white makeup on him. Nah, with the with the Flintstone sleeves. No. Nah, yeah, you didn't. Yeah, okay. Yabba dabba that, that one, that one felt too gimmicky. I'm like, y'all doing? It's kind of like with, with with Isaac and Yankum. I'm like, yeah. I'm so so what about the so so? How do you feel about the new Kane? Since we know that the real Kane is in Knoxville doing his thing, 
How do I feel about the new king? What do you mean? The mother king? Yeah, it's not the same. That's not the mayor or governor of Knoxville. I didn't know there was another. I thought he was still active. There's another guy wearing that mask. That's not the cane that we know. Are you talking about the cane on like the independent show? Is usually like the mask is like blue, I think. Same mask, but he's about 50 pounds heavier. Is this male? <laughs> yeah. I oh, see, I, this is news to me. I know this is a thing. Because that, like, okay, so Royal Rumble, did you watch the Royal Rumble? Yeah. The cane that was in the ring? Kane wasn't in the ring. This is Royal Rumble. So there's a guy. I I didn't watch the Royal Rumble, but I seen like highlights of it. And there's a, a masked dude that's got the red and black mask on. And I'm like, that can't be the Kane that I know. But in, in a revamp show, when they did, I think it was like the 30th episode, the 30th year, what did they were doing for Raw? Uh-huh. That cane was not the, the same cane either. That was a different guy. Like they have a, a dude that randomly pops up and plays cane. He's like 50 pounds heavier. I don't now there's like a like a reunion special for Raw. I don't remember the last reunion special I watched for Raw. Because I'm like <laughs> nothing but nostalgia pops the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. But as far as the Royal Rumble goes, I just watched, like, I, I don't recall there being a, a masked figure in the in the match. Same. I was about to say that, too. I'm trying my best to, like, go back in my memory, but I don't. Yeah, what's, buddy, what's that mask? I would, remember, I, I would remember that pirate. Bro, like, I would definitely remember that, that, that fire. And, like, if Kane would have came back, that would have made a, a huge impact. He wouldn't have been in it that long. But it would have been a huge like the biggest the biggest surprise in the men's was what Braun? Yeah, Braun. Because he, he took it. He took uh, Brock's spots. So I mean, yeah, because the whole tied in with the Vince McMahon stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which would be dope. I'm I'm, I'm interested to see how they fall off with that. But anyway, that's Mike's muted, Jay. By the way, huh? No, he's trying to talk, but it's Mike's muted right now. Oh, yeah, your oh. mic muted, bro. Oh, yeah, I haven't watched it yet, so I'm, you know what I'm saying? I know that y'all said that Cody won the men's, but I, as far as the independent matches, I don't know um, what happened. And I don't want y'all to tell me, but, uh, yeah, so. But, yeah, there is a there's there is a different Kane, and I think that they did um, a side-by-side with him and the Undertaker when they did um, Brothers of Destruction. Like their last run, brother destruction, or like a yeah. When they just they reunited for whatever the last thing that can't I don't remember the actual um That's show that they show did it, but they 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 came back as the brothers of destruction. And this came was that dude that was not the governor of Knoxville. So the last time I can remember like the brothers destruction reuniting was um. It was Red Destruction versus the Wyatt family, and that was all the way back in 2015. That Survivor Series, they did it. They did it against DX at a Saudi show. Oh shoot! No, yeah, I completely forgot all about the um. That was the um the Australia show. Yeah, yeah, it was an Australia show. 
Yeah, yeah, because remember day, um, it was Undertaker versus Triple H, and then the next pay per view was the Crown Jewel, and they did DX versus um Brothers of Destruction. Yeah, and that's Crown when we all saw that Sean didn't have no hair. Like, yeah, oh, Sean was bald. Um, Kane's wig fell off. That's when yeah, I oh seen that that wasn't the same Kane. Okay, so yeah, yeah, that was that was um. Yeah, that was the last night. I completely forgot about that. Holy, yeah. Years, I think. Which I did. But. Yeah, that was an embarrassment. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say Sean's retired and never came back. 